Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone. We've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I have categorized them into drawdown and wildlife protections. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. In our first category of drawdown, we have our only uh, news story. This one's out of abcnews.go.com. Boston Mayor divests vulnerable city from fossil fuels. Boston Mayor Michelle Wu signed an ordinance designed to divest the city from fossil fuels. The ordinance will prohibit the use of public funds from being invested in stocks, securities, or other obligations of any company that derives more than 15% of its revenue from fossil fuels. The ordinance also extends to companies deriving more than 15% of revenue from tobacco products or private prison industries. That's pretty cool. Wu, a former city councillor recently sworn in as mayor, said the move is the culmination of a years-long push to distance Boston from the fossil fuels that are helping drive the climate change that is threatening the coastal city. This is deeply personal for many of us and very urgent, Wu said during a signing ceremony at Boston City Hall. Love to see that. In our second category, wildlife protections, we actually have a lot of uh, news here. Uh, Some really great stuff. The first one's uh, from biologicaldiversity.org. Fresh water mussel gains Endangered Species Act protection in North Carolina and Virginia. Following a petition and lawsuits by the Center for Biological Diversity, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service listed the Atlantic pigtoe freshwater mussel as threatened under the Endangered Species Act and designated 563 river miles of protected critical habitat in North Carolina and Virginia. Found on the coastal plain, the Atlantic pigtoe has been lost for from more than 60% of its range. Only a few individual mussels survive in most locations because of water pollution from development, agriculture, and logging. After so many years of foot dragging by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, it's a relief to finally see the Atlantic pigtoe protected under the Endangered Species Act, said Perrin De Jong, an Asheville-based staff attorney at the center. The southeast is the world capital of freshwater mussel biodiversity, and most of these mussels are facing extinction due to rampant abuse of our rivers and streams. Without federal protections, many of these unique and important creatures will vanish forever. So our next news article is out of APnews.com, a little closer to where I'm sitting right now. Monarch butterflies return to California after record low. The number of monarchs wintering along California's central coast is bouncing back after the population, whose presence is often a good indicator of ecosystem health, reached an all-time low last year. 
Experts pin their decline on climate change, habitat destruction, and lack of food due to drought. An annual winter count last year by the Xerxes Society recorded fewer than 2,000 butterflies, a massive decline from the tens of thousands tallied in recent years and the millions that clustered in trees from Northern California's Mendocino County to Baja California, Mexico, in the south in the 1980s. Now, their roosting sites are concentrated mostly along California's central coast. This year's official count will last into mid-December, but already an unofficial count by researchers and volunteers shows that there are over 50,000 monarchs at overwintering sites, said Serena Jepson, director of the Endangered Species at Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. This is certainly not a recovery, but we're really optimistic and just really glad that there are monarchs here, and that gives us a bit of time to work toward recovery of the Western monarch migration, Jepson said. Big fan of the monarchs and love to see those kinds of numbers. Um, On the other side of the country, um, coming out of defenders.org, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service withdraws flawed red wolf rule. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced that they would withdraw a 2018 proposed rule that would have shrunk the North Carolina-based red wolf recovery area by 90%, severely hampering recovery efforts. The red wolf, which is the world's most endangered canid, has only eight individuals in the world, located solely on the Albemarle Peninsula in North Carolina. I hope I'm saying that right. Adding to the good news, the Fish and Wildlife Service also announced that they will release nine captive red wolves into the recovery area this winter, tripling the number of breeding pairs. The news follows a federal lawsuit filed earlier this year by Defenders of Wildlife, the Red Wolf Coalition, and Animal Welfare Institute, represented by the Southern Environmental Law Center. Ben Prater, Southeast Program Director at Defenders of Wildlife and friend of Pelicanus and myself, released the following statement. The withdrawal of the 2018 proposed rule is a positive development for the red wolf. Recent court decisions have shown this rule's management actions would have been disastrous as they were illegal. We are hopeful that the Fish and Wildlife Service is turning over a new leaf and ready to work collaboratively on recovering the world's most endangered canine. God, I'd love to see that. This next one is out of mongabay.com. Jaguars in Mexico are growing in number, a promising sign that national conservation strategies are working. The first surveys to count jaguars in Mexico revealed a 20% increase in the population from 2010 to 2018, up to 4,800 animals. Conservation strategies targeted the most urgent threats to jaguars and prioritized protecting wildlife preserves and natural corridors. Mexico's National Alliance for Jaguar Conservation united the government, people living near protected areas, and the private sector in plans to conserve the iconic species. In the United Kingdom, coming from futurism.com, the UK declares octopuses and squids are sentient beings. The UK is adding an amendment to its Animal Welfare Sentience Bill to recognize creatures such as octopus, crabs, squid, and lobsters, along with all other decapod crustaceans and cephalopod mollusks as sentient creatures, according to a press release from the UK Department of Environment, Food, and Rural Affairs. The bill aims to ensure animal sentience is taken into account when developing government policy and as such could inform debates around animal rights and dietary choices. The science is now clear. 
that decapods and cephalopods can feel pain, and therefore it is only right they are covered by this vital piece of legislation. Animal Welfare Minister Lord Zach Goldsmith said in the release. For our final story, this one's coming out of the MoscowTimes.com. The first endangered tiger footprints in 50 years are found in northeast Siberia. Amur tiger footprints have been discovered in the northeast Siberian Republic of Sakha for the first time in 50 years, a signal that the endangered species population is recovering, the state-run TASS news agency has reported. Russia's Forest Protection Service found the rare footprints on the right bank of the Alden River in, south, in the southeastern Sakha, where zoologists say Amur tigers find it difficult to gain a foothold due to a lack of deciduous forests and wild boars. The tracks signal the first tiger entry into the Yakutia in the 21st century, even in the last half century. Victor Nikiforov head of the Tigris Environmental Charity, told TASS using Saka's other commonly used name. I hope I pronounced all those correctly. Apologize if I didn't. The Amur tiger, also called the Siberian tiger, is a protected species in Russia after hunting brought the big cat to the brink of extinction in the mid 20th century. Thanks to ongoing conservation work, the tiger's population in Russia's far east has grown from 330 tigers in 2005 to over 600 today. Nikiforov told TASS. That's a lot of great stories about wildlife, um, and I'm really happy to share them. Uh, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month, and I look forward to sharing more in the future.